the professionals of professionalism proudly present Lewis Howard Live. Your crisp communicator with principal insights for pop culture with a tech edge. And now a man who needs no introduction, Lewis. Hey, welcome to another and new fresh edition of Lewis Howard and I'm Lewis Howard Live and you've joined us for a new conversation from coast to coast and around the world helping you become the best version of yourself one day at a time. Hey, we got a good show for you today as we always bringing you something from the heart, from the truth and helping keep it real. Did you know that we all have a moment in time, right? Every single person on the planet has a designated moment in time. When opportunity comes along and summons you to a call, to a mission, to a purpose, or an assignment, or a dream, or a goal, that's a moment in time. Think of the job opportunity. Um, think of promotion moment that came suddenly. I remember my first job as an executive and it was a Friday and I was dressed down beyond dressed down casual came in and I had just been filling in for the uh, vice president who had left at the time. And I remember walking in and suddenly being called into a meeting. And the first thing in my mind was they're going to fire me. This is it. This is the end. And Called into the conference room. There was eight people sitting there and having discussions. And I thought, man, this is not good. But did you know what that was? It was my one moment in time. I was promoted to be the first African-American executive for one of the largest and oldest development companies in the region. It was a moment in time that I didn't see coming, but was there waiting on me. How many of those do you have in your life? The song that you wrote and you woke up one morning and it was on the radio. I had a friend of mine wrote, wrote a song, remake of a song, woke up one day and it was all over the radio. Changed his life. One moment in time. Right? So there's so many. You know, the spouse or partner that you thought you'd never meet finds you. The one moment in time. Right? So life sets up for us these opportunities that are bound in the universe all the time. And the sad part is many people are simply not prepared and they are not ready for their one moment in time. You don't believe that? Study history, especially athletic history, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, about athletes who got great opportunities to play on teams and sign contracts and do great things with their life. Finally, they got their moment in time and they blew it, right? Or the person we can remember on the game show, right? Survivor or some game show. And it was asked one question and it was the moment in time had they answered it would have promoted them on to a higher level. They got it wrong. Why do people get things wrong at the moment where you need to be right the most? 
It's because you're not prepared for your one moment in time. So we're going to talk about today how to be prepared. And we're going to use as an example Olympians who spend years and years preparing for one moment in time. For one moment in time. The quote, I will study and prepare and my opportunity will come, is attributed to Abraham Lincoln, who had studied and prepared to be a president of the United States, but had failed many times. But he never stopped trying and he never stopped preparing himself. Now let's talk about our world and moments. If you were to stop right now and take a freeze frame, a snapshot of our world, what would you see? You'd probably see chaos. You'd see confusion. You'd see division. You'd see marches. You'd see protests. You'd see movements. You'd see arguments. You'd see debates. You'd see a lot right now, right? You'd see a pandemic that's secretly taking the lives of people. Thousands, I think in America, as of this show, about 105, 110,000 people around the world, close to half a million. So we would see that if you stopped our world and you took a freeze frame of what's going on. But you'd also see passion. You'd also see excitement. You'd also see young individuals mobilizing with ideas and concepts. You'd see some success. You'd see people winning. You'd see the wheels of the economy starting to begin to turn again. Right. Right now, I believe that many of you listening to me have an opportunity in this moment in time in history to do something spectacular. Right. Some people are choosing this moment in time to do things I don't agree with. I understand the passion and the purpose, but I don't agree with the execution of how they're choosing to go about it. Right. And so we focus on those people sometimes because they're the loudest. They break the most stuff. But quietly, you see people working behind the scenes, creating opportunities so that people can come along and have their one moment in time. You're just joining the show, just giving you kind of the warm up to where we are, a temperature check, if you will, of our world. And what we're going to be talking about is that one moment in time. The older I get, the more important that seems to me. I created an ad years ago with our development called Defining Moments. And it was one of the most successful ads ever ran in the Seattle Times because it it centered on your first, your first job, your first opportunity, um, the first marriage, maybe second or third, I don't know. But it, it focused on the first and those defining moments that is necessary when you are reaching that point. Uh, Whitney Houston wrote a song for Olympians back in the day. And part of the lyrics of the song says, I want one moment in time when I'm more than I thought I could be. And my dreams are a heartbeat away, a race away. Uh, a round away, a ski away, a shot away. It was that close if you 
were eliminated. Still a song that is very popular today. You can hear it, it's replayed, and it'll probably be replayed again as we come up on New Olympians. And as, as I said before we go to break, some of you are a heartbeat away from your biggest opportunities in life. Do not allow the confusion, the chaos, the cloudiness, the darkness, if you will, the frustration, the inability, ineffectiveness of some leaders to stand in the way of the opportunities that you have. Why am I saying that? Because I've had so many conversations with people about race, uh, religion, and politics this week, but I also have not had the discussions I like to have, which is opportunities. What are you doing this week? And so yesterday I got to spend some time having wealth conversations, right? We had lives before this whole thing broke out. Many of you were starting new businesses. Many of you were graduating school. Many of you were starting new relationships, new ideas. And suddenly that all came to a stop because of the pandemic, because of the COVID-19, and of course now because of the marches and the protests uh, based on the homicidal act that occurred in Minnesota. And so world has changed. But let me just tell you one thing. Your one moment in time is still moving towards you. That's an invisible thing. It's not a natural thing. It's moving towards you and it will get to you. So we're going to talk about that today, about how do you prepare for your one moment in time. We're going to take a quick break, give a shout out as always to our sponsors. Thank you for supporting the show and being a part of helping us reach around the world. I think we're in, uh, we're in 12 nations and, and reaching hundreds of thousands of listeners. I think last week along on the George Floyd show, we reached over 5,000 people that uh, actually heard about the show and clicked on the link. So we are appreciative for that. So, hey, keep on keeping on and tuning in and we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna jump into how do you prepare for your one moment in time it's lewis howard live we'll be right back after these messages Lewis Howard of Lewis Howard Live has partnered with Amazon Books to bring you his dynamic, life-changing book. From Here to There is the best-selling biopic journey of Lewis Howard's road from adopted child in poverty to achieving over a billion dollars in real estate assets. Lewis shares his secrets and principles, which helped make his meteoric rise to the top an inspiration to millions. Lewis Howard, From Here to There, available on Amazon Books at createspace.com slash 450-6888. Get it today. Hey, thanks for joining. This is Lewis Howard Live, starting a conversation about moments in time. Thank you for joining us. And as always, I say this a hundred times, but welcome to every new listener that have maybe listened to the show for the first time. We've been doing these shows since 2009, right? I was going through the serious radio deal and and man, everybody has a podcast today. But when we started this, we were probably the 1% doing podcasts in the world. Uh, nobody had even heard of Blog Talk Radio. Um, and at the time, I was doing live radio on several Seattle stations that were broadcast nationwide. And so the podcast became this new technology piece and new way to get your message out there. And quite frankly, a lot uh, cost effective, 
than uh, the cost of radio. And you can say a little bit more. Man, I heard some guys arguing on a podcast and they let some words fly. You know, you got a little bit more liberality on the podcast show. So we are thankful to be able to do this. I think this will uh, be our 500th show that we have, and we've had over 100,000 downloads of the show. Now think about 100,000 downloads of a show. That's enough people to fill one of the biggest stadiums in the world. Think about that. 100,000 people have listened to the show. A stadium full of people have listened to Lewis Howard Live, and uh, we think that's cool. So we're talking about today uh, how to prepare for your one moment in time. To first of all, believe that you have a moment in time. I know that some people don't believe that. They think that, you know, maybe it's passed them by. Maybe they're too old. Uh, they've, they've made too many mistakes, too light to fight, too thin to win. And as the song goes, you're really too legit to quit. Right, Some of the best things in life, as I've done on uh, previous shows, have happened to people in their 50s and 60s. Right, As, as I remind you, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, a.k.a. KFC, was started by Colonel Sanders, wasn't even a colonel, by the way, at age 63. Right, That McDonald's that many of you shoved down your throat on a regular basis was started by Ray Kroc, the franchise of it, at age 54, right? So you never are too old for anything, and you haven't made too many mistakes to have your one moment in time. I made a lot of mistakes. I used to screw up on a regular basis when I was younger. Man, I would go fine wrong, right? So if I can make it through all the craziness and the wrong I did, you can too. So we all have each day as a reset, as an opportunity to get up and start a new day and start moving in the direction um, that you were gifted to be. My biggest disappointment and, and heartbreak is when I see people that have just given up. We got a lot of people in Seattle that has fallen and they have not gotten up. Right? Remember the commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. We've got a lot of people that have fallen relationally and economically. They can't get up. But I'm here to encourage you today that you have a one moment in time. All right. So let me give you the backstory because we, 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 we've decided to talk about Olympians today because I love Olympians because they're athletes, they're champions. But they practice in the dark because nobody knows who a, a Olympian is until the Olympic trials, and beyond. If somebody signs on the NBA, we know immediately who they are because we've probably been following them in college or high school. If you're LeBron, you would follow him from high school all the way to his success. So that's easier to know. But an Olympian is very different kind of athlete. They come from a very different place. So the history of Olympians comes actually from Greek mythology, for, for my scholarly students out there. Uh, in Greek mythology, the deities of the ancient Greeks believed that the Olympians were 12 and comprised of many of the names we've heard, Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, and others, that were part of the Greek Olympians, right? In modern times, however, Olympian athletes have a natural talent, dedication, and drive. They devote their lives to a sport in hopes of being the best in the world, 
right? No matter how talented or driven an athlete is, they must train hours a day to perfect the skills and maintain the phenomenal level of physical shape, right? So what is that saying? That's saying that once a person makes a commitment to become an Olympian athlete, their whole life changes because how they prepare, how they work out must be something they do consistently and on a regular basis, right? So then we went from that and they said the game. So we've had actually Olympian uh, games since the 8th century BC uh, that games were held every four years in Olympia located in the Greek peninsula in honor of the god Zeus, right? The modern Olympics took place in 1896 in Athens, right? So this is where the history of the Olympians. So let's come all the way forward a few hundred years and give you a typical day of training for an Olympian athlete. This makes me tired just even thinking about reading it, but I just want to give you a perspective of what it takes to prepare for your one moment in time if you are an Olympic athlete, right? 8 a.m. run, six miles, 45 minutes straight at your own pace, no breaks, okay? That's not a treadmill. That's straight out on the run, right? Okay, 10 a.m., I'm going for one-hour swim. 3 p.m., two-hour bike. 9 a.m., run two and a half miles for a warm-up. Recovery two minutes and another two and a half miles. 3 p.m., bike intervals, 90 minutes total. That's the light version of the workout for an Olympian, right? So why would somebody want to do that? If you're asking that question, why would somebody want to commit themselves to such tough discipline? It's because they want to be the best in the world. And if you want to be the best, then you have to commit yourself to a higher level of your day than sitting on your couch, eating Cheetos, watching reruns of Family Guy. Okay? That will not make you an Olympian. I have friends that are uh, NFL guys, and one of the things that bugs them is when some guy says, you should have made that catch. You, sh you, you missed that catch. And, and what he says, or they make a catch, and he says, man, I could have made that catch. And they get frustrated by that because what you don't see is the hours and hours and hours and hours of practice on one play just so Odell Beckham can look like he just did that for the first time, but he's probably done it a hundred times. But he says, I want to make it so good that the guy sitting on his couch eating Cheetos thinks he can make that catch, right? That's pretty amazing. So that's really what it's about when you want to be an Olympian and you want to be the best, whether it is a songwriter, an artist, a developer, builder, real estate agent, lender, uh, scientist, Whatever it is, it takes hours and hours of preparation. I'm just giving you a typical day for an average Olympic. Now, that's not including specialties if you're swimming, boxing, doing other different things, right? So I wanted to get a perspective from sports psychologists. And so I uh, did some research, and there's a sports psychologist named Dr. Shane Murphy who gave a perspective on athletes who are preparing for their one moment in time, and especially Olympics. According to Dr. Murphy, he says, it's fair to say that the Olympics places special stress on most athletes. 
of all sporting events, the Olympics come with the greatest pressure. Nothing else matches it for gut-wrenching anxiety. Not the Super Bowl, not the World Series, not Wimbledon, or even the Masters. It is a combination of the one every four years pressure that is so intense and focus of nationalism on the Olympics. For athletes in many sports, it's only at the Olympics where they face the media blitz of worldwide attention, right? The toll in obscurity otherwise. In other words, most of their training is done in private, and so they have a freedom because the media is not there, right? I was watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, and you could see there was roughly 300 cameras that followed him. At a time. I don't know how you get 300 people in a room with cameras, right? I used to be in broadcast. That's a tough feat because those cameras alone, you know, weigh 7,500 pounds. And you got to get people around. So it's a crowded situation. And so you take an athlete who's used to working privately and suddenly put them in a blitz of worldwide media. What will that do for your mind, right? And what is that saying? The pressure, right? The pressure of stepping up. Right. It's easy to tell somebody, hey, step up. You know, you got to step up. You got to step up. You got to man up. You got to woman up. Right. But there's a pressure. And, and another example is I just saw this. Watch the guy who's got to kick the winning field goal when the game is on the line in overtime. What looks like a simple chip shot becomes huge in that guy's mind. It's because the pressure. Because he knows that. The game holds on his foot and connecting with that ball. And we have seen it time after time again, chip shot, and the guy missed it. I was watching replay of the uh, Seahawks in San Francisco because I need to get some field of football, right? And the guy missed it. He should have won the game for San Francisco, but he missed the chip shot. Just what Dr. Murphy is saying, the pressure right? So life comes with pressure. You want to be a husband, you want to be a wife, you want to be a baller, you want to be a leader, you want to be the best. There's pressure that comes with it. And you've got to be able to handle that. We'll talk about that a little bit in kind of the wrap up of of the show today. But they say they spend their time in obscurity, but now they're on the front stage. He says some athletes revel in the attention and perform their best under pressure. Others come up far short of expectations when placed on the intense spotlight. That's why you often see athletes perform better at their second Olympics once they've had a chance to experience and endure the pressure and then on how to handle it. Right. So life is pressure. Um, I'm a leader and I have to lead multiple companies. And every day I'm asked to give advice or insight on something. And I don't like to be wrong. And so sometimes it's the pressure of a response and people want a response. Tell me this, what do we do? What do we hear? And that pressure can, can, can really mess with your mind. And so preparing for your one moment in time, I think the reason why some people don't want to go for the one moment in time is because of the pressure. It's because of the spotlight, right? That whatever you do, suddenly you're going to be on stage. And there's a term called stage fright, right? You all of a sudden, 
you wrote the song, you know the song, you've sang the music, but now you're on stage. And now that fear has set in to your head and it's going to affect your ability to deliver your one moment in time, which is the song that you need to sing to change your life. All right, before we go to break, uh, just uh, some of the most prominent athletes in my memory is Jesse Owens, um, who broke uh, color barriers. Uh, one of my favorites, Sugar Ray Leonard, world champion boxer. Florence Joyner, uh, who can forget, you know, she, she was one of the hottest Olympians you saw at the time. You know, you're like, you're just watching her just to watch her, but she was amazing. Uh, more recent days, Gabby Douglas, the gymnast. Um, and her whole backstory of how she even got to the Olympics and the trials and challenges that her family had to face just to get her into an Olympics that was not uh, a sport dominated by African Americans at the time. And so she faced special uh, barriers going into that. But she stepped up to her one moment in time, got it, the gold medal. Sugar Ray Leonard got the gold medal. Jesse Owens got the gold medal. And, of course, in recent Olympics, one of my favorite is Michael Phelps. If you don't know who Michael Phelps is, you should go Google it because it's just worth it. He's one of the best swimmers on the freaking planet. He has six gold medals. Six. Six gold medals. He has over 32 medals total, but six of them or gold medals for swimming. He says he gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning for his daily swim practice. How many of you want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Some of you don't want to get up at 9 o'clock in the morning, let alone 3 a.m. Some of you are just going to bed at 3 a.m., right? Let alone getting up to just start your swim practice every single day. can't imagine what that's like. I mean, I have a high level of discipline, but not to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to do that. I have friends that get up and work at that time, and I admire them for being able to do that. But it's one of the things that he attributed as his secret. We're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to uh, share something maybe from a different perspective. Usually I give you six or seven points of principles, but this time I drew from the athletes themselves in terms of what they've shared, the several five or six things that you need to be to prepare for your one moment of time and be an Olympic-style athlete. You're listening to Lewis Howard Live. Stay with us. We'll give a shout-out to our sponsors, and we'll be right back after this short message. The Millionaire Club Charity is one of Seattle's oldest existing charities. In addition to job placement and employment services, the Millionaire Club provides job training and licensing to help workers become qualified and job ready, from nutritious meals and sack lunches to housing assistance to stabilize their lives. Despite its name, the donors to the Millionaire Club are ordinary citizens with a desire and passion to help fellow citizens overcome the barriers of employment and housing. For more information, call 206-728-JOBS or go to millionaireclub.org. Hey, welcome back to Lewis Howard Live. If you missed any part of the show, just remember you can always get these down download 24-7, and you can get them on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Podcast.com, FM Player, and of course, Blog Talk Radio. 
and several other places that have pirated the show, which is okay with me. They, they pirate it, and then they uh, share it. I think uh, we'll be going on the SoundCloud next. Uh, we'll be our next uh, place to get that. And you can listen on your phone, your Android, your smartphone, so we make it pretty easy for you to get the show. We like it when you like it. Keep those emojis coming. Keep those likes coming. And thank you for the emails. I'm actually going to do a show just on the emails that we're receiving, so thank you uh, for those. And then our new way of sending it through Facebook, where we're putting it on ad mentions, and uh, we're reaching even more people that way. So thank you for being part of that. Hey, we're talking about one moment in time. And I've chosen to just spotlight the Olympics and Olympians and what they do to prepare for their one moment in time. If you've watched any Olympics, you, you've, you've seen cringing moments. I remember one Olympic uh, day where they were running and one of the runners uh, just ran out of air, tripped, and then she tripped into another a runner, and both of them got injured, and they were both leading at the time, right? That one moment in time will forever be burned in her mind, right? We've just seen others just moments, and you go, oh, my God, he lost, or oh, she didn't come through, right? Because the pressure, it's the pressure. It's the preparation, but it's also the pressure of the moment. So, I wanted to find out from an Olympian standpoint what it takes to mentally prepare yourself to do what they do, right? To stand in the spotlight of the world. You know, because the other pressure is you represent your country, right? And so, you know, as you go, so goes your country. So you got that. It's not just your individual skill that's at stake, but it's also you know, bragging rights for your nation and for your country and cheering when they come out with all of the flags and things like that. That's extra pressure. I'm not sure if I'd want to meet the president after, you know, losing, right? You know, it's great to go meet win, but, you know, some of those are socialist and communist countries. You, you may not even hear from you again if you don't do well in the Olympics, right? So there's a great deal of pressure placed on, on athletes when they come in to uh, have that moment, whether it's the run, the race, the skiing, the boxing, uh, whatever it is. All right, so here's some takeaways that Olympians themselves shared on how to have a great one moment in time. Number one was be consistent. They all said that consistency was an important part of that, that they consistently worked out every day, uh, had habits, and they didn't break those habits consistency, right? It's an important thing that you need to think about. What do you do consistently in your life that will help you with your mission, your assignment, your goal, your purpose, or your dream, right? Do you invest time into it every single day, right? Or are you a one time a week or two times a week? What are you doing on a consistent basis to move the needle in the direction that you want to go. Number two, they said sleep well. Um, important to get rest, right? So we know that the brain cells that we have rebuild themselves 
between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. I've had this fascinating thing about the brain lately because I'm going through brain training and brain mapping and my brain is literally resetting itself. It is actually repairing itself. So part of that is rest, you know, getting the uh, hours of sleep that you need in order to be fresh in the morning. If you're going to get up at 3 a.m. like a Michael Phelps do, you're probably in bed at 8.30 or 9. You're not heading to the club, okay? No, you're not heading out, right? He's probably going to bed, right? The older I get, the older, the earlier I go to bed. Like, I go to bed probably, you know, 10, 11. I'm rarely up past 11 o'clock, okay? But I'm up in the morning. My first meeting's at 7.30. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Even during the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm ready to go, right? Because I have the rest, so think about your life and what you do and how much rest are you getting. 51% of Americans do not get a good night's sleep. They cannot sleep. We have the most expensive beds in the world and we cannot get a good night's sleep in. Okay, can't get rest that way. The guy that drove me today in the Uber says, hey, I didn't get to bed. I could not sleep till 4.30 in the morning. I felt bad for the guy because I know you're not getting adequate rest. And that will have an, uh, an effect on your response, on your sharpness. And certainly if that is the day you have your one moment in time and you didn't get sleep and you didn't get rest, you're going to impact that. So that was number two was they said sleep well. Number three is eat sensibly, right? So if you're an athlete, you have certain meals. I talked to guys that, you know, on the Seahawks, they have a certain routine to their meals and how they have to eat. The guys eat. Man, they eat probably several times a day, and but it's the way they eat and how they eat. They all have nutritional planning in terms of what they eat. They don't just eat anything. All right, I'm a Southern boy. I grew up in the South, and in the South, there is fried and deep fried, okay? And there are plates big enough to serve a small army. That's how food is served there, Okay. That is not the definition of eating sensibly. So you have to decide based on your biological makeup and what you want to accomplish, what is sensible, right? Because that's going to be subjective. But I can tell you, observing some people, they don't eat sensibly. They just eat. Yeah, there's a difference. So for me, one of the things that I don't do is I don't eat after 8 o'clock. If I haven't eaten by 8 o'clock, done, right? Because... Uh, in talking with athletes and studying dietary habits, nothing good comes after eating 8 o'clock, after 8 p.m. Okay, that was not the case when I was out partying, because about 1 o'clock I got hungry and had to go to Dick's Burgers in Seattle. And if you've never been there, it's probably one of the greatest after-hour burgers that, you know, are there. But I'm eating that at 1 o'clock in the morning, okay? Not the best time. So you have to decide be a corporate athlete, okay? You can you may you may not ever be an Olympian, but you can be a corporate athlete, right? You can be a nonprofit athlete. You can be a, a parent athlete. You can be an athlete, and so you can have a regimen that helps you in terms of how you eat. Get some help. Look it up. Lots of food uh, tips and books and things of that nature that is written on that subject. Take care of what you wear. I thought this was interesting. It says, take care of what 
you wear. And so I really wanted to think about that. And what it said was two things. Number one is when you are uh, engaging in certain events, what you wear is absolutely critical um, because you don't want clothes that are too heavy and or too light, right, or distracting or whatever. So that was one. But the other one was, had to do with image. And there was um, a runner uh, back in the day, uh, Michael Johnson. And Michael Johnson was known for the man who wore the golden sneakers, right? He run his race running based on having those golden shoes. We all remember the golden sneakers, right? So some of it is for image, right? Uh, Cam Newton, one of the quarterbacks, used to be quarterback for uh, the Carolina Panthers NFL team, U.S., you know, he had the most flashiest outfits after. Like, he had his own personal designer and, and style coach in that, right? So some of it is, they said, for image, but others for practicality. So how you look really has an impact in terms of, I think, some opportunities. I think uh, invitations. And then, most of all, perception, right? So having what you wear become a part of your Olympic training and your one moment in time. That was a very interesting add-on shared by the uh, uh, Olympians. Number five is limit socializing. This was an important thing with him. Did you know that most athletes have curfews? Uh, most NFL teams, NBA teams, when they travel, they have a curfew. They have a time when they have to be back in their room on lockdown, uh, most of them spend 80% of their time in their hotel rooms, right? Because they, they have to limit socializing. They have to limit public intera interaction um, and all the things that come with socializing, which is usually eating and drinking and hanging out, right? Now, I've known a few athletes over the years that they didn't do that. They were, um, they were socializers. We used to have a pitcher in Seattle um, that pitched for us and he was always out partying, right? And But yet, he could show up for the game. So some people have the ability to do that, others don't. But as a rule, Olympians said, we limit socializing because we want to focus on the game. We want to focus on what we have to do, right? Try some treatments, right? So they try different things. They have coaches. They have nutrition. They have massage therapists. They have chiropractors. They have brain training. They have tons of things that they're doing and treating themselves to always be better. How are you are taking care of yourself, right? There's this new term called self-care, right? Are you doing that, especially during the pandemic and the stay-at-home, right? You have to keep taking care of yourself. I work out six days a week, no matter what's going on, because I know I got to keep taking care of myself. If I'm going to take care of the hundreds of other people that I'm responsible for and the millions of dollars in assets that I manage over, I've got to make sure I am getting the best treatment. And shout out to my doctor, Dr. Frank Marinkovich, who's been on the show. That guy has just done an amazing job with me and my health and where I am today versus where I were two or three years ago. But that's treatments. And some of the treatment I didn't like, right? I get IVs. I get, and I grew up hating needles. 
I hate them, despise them. And so to get the IV, what does it call for? A needle, right? It took him six months to persuade me to take that treatment. But I am so glad I did because we did know the pandemic was coming. And that has been a bulletproof shield around me every day. Let's me keep putting in 10 or 12 hours, not blinking, not worried about anything, uh, catching anything, giving anything. Just don't have that concern because of the treatment. Okay, so a couple more. Surround yourself with positive influence. The Olympian said that it was important to always have a positive voice around you, not just your coaches, but they they did TED Talks, they read books, they studied things, right? Isn't it funny that the people we watch and we hold up in high esteem are also people who watch other people and hold them up in high esteem. That's always interesting to me when I see an athlete, but then they compliment somebody else, you know, that's in a different field that they study from. So everybody learns one thing to be a champion. You got to study. You got to learn from people. You got to have positive influences around you. And this is really important because we have over 60 thousand thoughts a day. That's right. 60,000 thoughts a day. You have over 1,500 words per minute running through your brain. Okay. And so these thoughts kind of dictate how you feel. You ever been in a good mood and then somebody said something or you spent five minutes around them and you left in a bad mood? And you left thinking about nothing but negative stuff, okay? That was an influence, but it wasn't positive. So sometimes uh, I have a saying of who's in your elevator, right? Because the top five people who are in your elevator will affect you mentally, financially, economically, and relationally. Who is in your elevator, okay? Sometimes you just, your elevator is like the lobby. You just let anybody in. Um, you'll ask anybody's opinion. You'll have conversations with, with anyone. You're watching CNN. You're watching MSNBC. You're watching Fox. You're watching, I don't know, whatever you watch becomes your influence for that day. If I'm in the middle of a crisis and I'm going through hard times like we're going through right now, who I hear from is so important. I can't, if you, if you don't hear anything else I say, is take an inventory of who's blowing in your ear. Who is speaking in your ear? Who's spitting knowledge, giving you insight, providing you wisdom, sharing understanding, keeping it real, right? Bringing you down to earth, whatever the term is. Who's doing that for you? Because like attracts like, right? And if I want to be a champion, what do I need? I need another champion in my life, right? I don't need somebody to get get past the sixth grade, and sometimes it's family, You know, I've made a major transition in the last several years and I had to leave some people that I really liked. I loved hanging out with them, but I realized for this stage and I'm going into my life that I couldn't take them with me. We still talk, we're still good, but they're not in my elevator anymore. Okay. And that's hard because you don't want to think that you're better than anyone. You don't want to be dissing anyone. You don't want to be, you know, putting distance anyone. But then you have to ask yourself, like the Olympians asked themselves, what's more important, me going for my one moment in time or me 
being cool with somebody that's not really helpful to my end game. You have to ask yourself that, right? So these are things that the Olympians shared, and I wanted to share with you because they didn't come from me. They came directly for the people that do it every day. And the last one was keep your family close, right? Keep good relationships, right? You always see it at the Olympians, the, the gymnasts and the parents. The coaches are there, but the parents are sitting in the audience. I love my favorites probably – uh, uh, NBA games, the NFL, and, you, and they're always spotlighting mom, right? Mom's there, family's there. Keep your family close because they, they know you the best. They're going to support you through thick and thin, right, wrong, up and down. And sometimes you need that, right? You need that familiarity. Now, you have to watch that sometimes because familiarity breeds contempt from people. But for the most part, you get good, solid people around you. They will pick you up when you fall, when things get hard, when you lose that race, when you get turned down for that contract or you don't get that opportunity, then you've got family that you can lean on. All right, closing up the show, right? I believe that each of us has a champion inside of us waiting to surge forward with greatness. So if you're just joining us as we wrapped up, we've been talking about one moment in time uh, from an Olympian athlete perspective. And I know that's a high level thinking, but you got to raise the bar high, right? Aim for the moon. Let's go as high as we can go. And then you work yourself down. I am not a fan of setting low bars and low barriers of entry. It does nothing for the best part of your soul and your mind to do that. You have to have greater things and higher things to strive for. And so you need a high bar, right? So the conversation today was high bar conversation, thinking about it from an Olympian standpoint. But each of us have greatness. Some of us have been beat down and you may feel like you're on your last round in life. I can look in somebody's eyes and tell if they feel like they're on their last round, right? I work with uh, individuals that have fallen, that have different addictions, that have challenges. I also work with entrepreneurs. I work with people that are opportunists, that are driven and passionate. I get to see both sides. And you look in somebody's eyes, right? And they'll tell you. Right, Because I've seen somebody that's down and out, but they still got a spark in their eyes. I see somebody making a million dollars a year, but they're down and out. So it's all about how you see yourself and how you position yourself. So for those of you maybe listening, you feel like, oh, man, I've been beat down this whole pandemic thing. And now we got the protests. We got all these different things. Man, when is it in? You know, and I feel beat my family and my kids have been with me more time than I want them. I love them, but man, we're at school, right? Whatever it is that making you feel I haven't been working, that might make you feel like you're beat down. Maybe you've lost some family members. You've lost relatives. You've lost some opportunities during this time. That'll make you feel down. But I want to tell you that I always say this, and I believe this with all my being, hope is a good thing. And no good thing ever dies. And you have to decide to dig deep within yourself and find what is left of your dream. 
dust it off, stare at it, and speak to it like the climbers did when they were preparing to climb Mount Everest. Or like the Olympians of old, who fight to have your one moment in time. No one can take your shine away except you. You're the only one, right? No one. They can attempt to, but the only person that can take your hope away, your desire away, your passion away, really is you. People have lived and people have died, so you can have the opportunity to live the great American dream and not wallow in the great American nightmare. And both exist. If you're person of color, you exist in both those worlds. There's a, there's striving for the American dream, but there's a little bit of a nightmare that goes on. But your job is not to wallow and dwell in the nightmare. I see too many people that have set up camp in the nightmare of this thing, and they've stopped going for the great American dream as it's defined, and it changes depending on who you are. So I believe today, maybe one, one of you will get a spark, get a motivation, and take that next step. And as I said earlier in the show, many of you are heartbeat away from your one moment in time. Thank you for joining us again for another edition of Lewis Howard Live. And our mission is to help you become the best version of yourself. Man, I would have no greater appreciation that someone saw me down the street and says, man, I was listening to your show and you helped me spark an idea, a thought, and a concept, and now I'm doing this and that and the other. You won't even have to give me a check for that. That'll be enough to know that we reached at least one person to help you become a better version of yourself. Again, thank you. You can get us 24-7, on demand, on your phone, wherever you need it. We can get it. Hey, and by the way, tell a friend to join in. We're here. We want to help you. We want to hear from you and help you become part of the conversation. Thank you again. We'll see you another edition of Lewis Howard Live. <laughs>